I'm Rev David. Thanks for joining me as I wander through life. For the past three weeks, I've been talking about what is being called the Methodist way of life. Put simply, it's a rhythm for responding to God's love in Jesus. It provides commitments and practices that refocus our faith. It helps us to deepen our discipleship and our spirituality. There are four areas of commitment. Worship, learning and caring, service and evangelism. I've already talked about worship, learning and caring and service. And so this week I'm talking about evangelism and particularly about sharing our faith with others. In Matthew's Gospel, at the very end, just as Jesus is about to leave his disciples, he says to them, go and make disciples of all nations. It's like he's saying, over to you. The responsibility is yours now. I'm off. I have to say that quite often I wish that Jesus hadn't used those particular words. I don't know about for you, but for me it feels like a burden. I'm a shy, retiring sort of person. Why can't I just be left alone to quietly get on with my faith? And the smaller the numbers get at church, the more I feel the pressure. So to try to tackle this, I'm going to talk today about curiosity and about food. When Jesus gives his final command about making disciples, he obviously knows more than he's letting on. He leaves and the original disciples prevaricate between going back to their old lives, mainly of being fishermen, and quaking in an upper room waiting for the helper to appear and help them out. But what I think that Jesus knows and what those disciples don't yet realise is that their lives will be different and that will, and that people will ask why and that will create an opportunity to share the good news. Let me read a couple of very short passages to you from our Bible. Firstly, Paul writing to the Colossians and then Peter writing to the early Christians. These are two men who are writing to the very small early church about 30 years after Jesus has left them. And they've spent those 30 years making disciples. Listen now to how they write with the expectation that if you are a Christian, then people will ask you about it. Paul writes in Colossians chapter 4, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly, as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And then Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 3, Always be prepared 
to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Now I find this to be fascinating, the assumption that because you're a Christian, then you'll be asked about it, that people will be curious. Are people curious today? Or are they simply not interested? Or has our society so conditioned us that it isn't acceptable to ask anyone anything that might be about religion or faith, even if you are curious? Let's delve a little deeper into these readings because I think there are lots of pointers here to help us with this. Firstly, Paul who was probably regarded as some kind of super-apostle. He asked the people, the new Christians in Colossae, to pray for him, and specifically to pray that the doors to the hearts of the people around him will be open to what he shares with them. If the door to someone's heart is closed, then whatever you say, however well you say it, it will just bounce off them. So we all need to be supported in prayer as we go about this. Secondly, he says to make the most of every opportunity. So maybe they were few and far between then, just as they seem to be now. Thirdly, he advises that our conversation be full of grace and seasoned with salt. Or put it another way, be very aware that you don't have all the answers and don't be boring. Give some flavour to what you're saying. Fourthly, moving on to Peter, he tells us to be prepared. Now we can't be prepared for every question that we might be asked, but we can have some insight into why it is that we are Christians, why we bother to turn up at church, why we lead lives that are different enough that it prompts people to be curious. Fifthly, he, Peter, like Paul, instructs us on our manner. Speak with gentleness and respect. If people ask a question, you offer an answer and an invitation. What they do with that is up to them. Which brings me to the point about food. When my daughter Libby was a baby, just moving from milk onto solid food, then she was very fussy about what she would and wouldn't eat. And me and Katie, as her parents, used to worry about this. And I remember my mum saying, in a very relaxed way, she'll eat when she's hungry. You can offer the most delightful, exquisite cuisine but you can't ram it down someone's throat. Sharing faith can be just like sharing food. If you ask someone round for tea, then you inquire as to their preferences and allergies. You are mindful of their needs. A gracious host prepares the food with care, but never forces it upon the guest. It's said that the Methodist minister, D.T. Niles, once said that evangelism, sharing the good news, is just one beggar telling another beggar 
where to find bread. I love that. Sharing our faith is like sharing where we have found food, where we have found a hope that sustains us. So let me ask you a question. The question that Peter expects that people will ask you. What is the reason for the hope that you have? When people are curious, what's the story that you will tell? And one final thing. Paul talks in his letter about us proclaiming the mystery of Christ. What is that? Well, I think that what he is referring to is simply that God, in all his greatness, became man in all his weakness, because he loves us so much. In the words of the famous Charles Wesley hymn, our God contracted to a span, incomprehensibly made man. So let me leave you with a challenge for the week. What words in what hymn speak to you most clearly about the reason for the hope that you have? That's it for now. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.